0: It's Thursday, January the 13th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, high inflation in America, and a political crisis in Britain. First, the World in Brief. America's Consumer Price Index rose by 7% in the year to December, the highest annual inflation rate since June 1982, even though the monthly pace slowed partly because of lower energy prices. Stripped of food and energy prices, inflation was 5.5%, the highest since February 1991. Many economists expect the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates in March. In a Senate hearing on Tuesday, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed, reaffirmed his willingness to act. Boris Johnson admitted that he had attended a -a bring-a-bottle party in Downing Street in May 2020 during the first Covid-19 lockdown and offered, quote, heartfelt apologies to Parliament over his conduct. Some senior members of his Conservative Party called for him to quit as did the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer. Mr Johnson urged MPs to wait for an official report into his alleged breaches of the lockdown rules before passing judgment. America imposed sanctions following a spate of North Korean missile tests, including two this week. The sanctions were placed on six North Koreans, one Russian and a Russian firm alleged to be responsible for supplying goods for the UN-prohibited weapons programme. America said it remains committed to pursuing diplomacy with North Korea, an approach that has proven unsuccessful so far. NATO's Secretary-General Jen Stoltenberg warned of a, quote, real risk for new armed conflict in Europe after a fruitless round of talks with Russia over its threat to Ukraine. Russia's unrealistic demands include a pledge that NATO not be expanded, NATO said it would be willing to discuss arms control and missile deployments. Russia's deputy foreign minister said it would not allow proposals to be cherry-picked. A judge in New York rejected Prince Andrew's request to dismiss a sexual abuse lawsuit against him by Virginia Jeffrey, meaning the case may well proceed to trial. His lawyers had argued that a previous settlement between her and Jeffrey Epstein, a sex abuser, shielded the Duke of York from legal liability. She alleges that he raped her when she was a minor. He denies the charge. The number of new global COVID-19 infections increased by 55% to over 15 million in the past week, a record high according to the World Health Organisation. More than 43,000 deaths were recorded over the same period in line with those reported a week earlier. The WHO said that challenges remain in accessing tests and providing enough, quote, adequate life-saving tools worldwide. Anthony Fauci, America's top infectious disease expert, said the Omicron variant of COVID-19 would infect, quote, just about everybody, vaccinated or not. But the chances of those vaccinated and boosted getting sick were, quote, very, very low. The White House said it would double rapid testing capacity in schools, which has been introduced in place of mandatory quarantine for those exposed to the virus. And fact of the day. 152.8 million, the number of people projected to live with dementia by 2050. Today, an estimated 57 million people have the condition. And now here's today's agenda. Hotter, wilder, costlier. On Thursday, America's NASA and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration will release an annual assessment of global temperatures. It will almost definitely show that the globe is heating up. A report released earlier this week by NOAA found that 2021 was the fourth warmest year for America, excluding Alaska and Hawaii. Since records began in 1895, six of the warmest years have occurred since 2012. In 2021, America also faced a high number of extreme weather events, including freak winter storms, out-of-control wildfires, drought and tornadoes. Those came with a hefty price tag. With £145 of losses... 2021 was the third costliest year of weather the country has ever had. The number of events costing $1 billion or more annually has steadily risen over past decades. This is both because of the increased frequency of extreme weather events and the increased value of property. America and everywhere else must strap in for even more eye-watering costs in the future. Inflation adds to India's Omicron woes. Not just Omicron cases are surging in India. On Wednesday, the government released data showing that retail inflation in December climbed to a five-month high of 5.6%, up from 4.9% in November, but slightly below analysts' forecasts of 5.8%. For more than two years now, thanks to rising fuel and food costs, inflation has hovered above the central bank's target of 4%. So far, the Reserve Bank of India has not flinched. It has left interest rates untouched through nine consecutive meetings, insisting that the priority is economic recovery. But now, with inflation approaching its 6% upper limit, that stance will be tested. The government is concerned. It has slashed taxes on petrol to rein in fuel prices. Last month, it banned trading in agricultural futures. The policy is mostly a cosmetic move, but with five major state elections looming, appearances may matter. Northern Irish stew again. Liz Truss, Britain's Foreign Secretary, meets the European Commission's Maros Shefjovic to discuss the Northern Ireland Protocol on Thursday. This is their first encounter since mistrust took over from Lord Frost as Brexit negotiator in December. The Protocol leaves Northern Ireland in the EU single market for goods so as to avert a north-south border in Ireland. But that necessitates checks between Northern Ireland and the mainland instead. Ms. Truss said the protocol has lost the consent of unionists in Northern Ireland. The EU has offered to reduce custom checks in the Irish Sea, but Miss Truss wants to largely scrap them and end any role for the European Court of Justice. She is also ready to invoke Article 16, which allows unilateral suspension of parts of the protocol, although the EU says it would then retaliate. Talks are likely to drag on overshadowing Northern Ireland's elections in May, in which unionists are expected to do badly. TSMC's latest results The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, which dominates the production of cutting-edge chips, posts its quarterly financial results on Thursday. Data released by the firm on January 10th for the month of December paint a rosy picture, with overall revenues for the quarter hitting $438.2 Taiwanese dollars, $15.8 billion. Brisk sales of Apple's phones and laptops, for which TSMC exclusively supplies the chips, are driving record growth. TSMC is also riding a broader wave of demand for semiconductors, which, coupled with its own dominance of the latest production techniques, is allowing it to raise prices, which is unusual for the deflationary chip industry. So 2022 looks fair for the firm. But while demand for its products will keep growing, TSMC will not be immune to rising costs itself. Dearer components all the way down its supply chain will go some of the way to negating any profits it makes from raising its own prices. Japan's Kabuki Heyday. 18th century Japan could be a forbidding place. A rigid feudal system was in operation with a strict social hierarchy under the thumb of a hereditary shogun. During the Sakoku isolation period, 1639 to 1854, many foreigners were not allowed in and most Japanese citizens were not allowed out. Yet by 1720, Edo, now Tokyo, had, by most estimates, grown into the world's biggest city. The restless merchant class turned to the Kabuki Theatre District for entertainment and, more dangerously, social commentary. A new exhibition at the Art Institute of Chicago, opening on Saturday, looks closer. The Golden Age of Kabuki Prints displays over 700 prints of actors from the theater's zenith during the 18th century. The prints show the actors' elaborate costumes, twisting movements and evocative facial expressions. They capture both the theatre's artistry and its brash flamboyance, explaining its enduring popularity even today. Winter Quiz Week 5. The battle with our baristas grinds on. As in previous weeks, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso-at-economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Thursday the life of which Supreme Court judge was portrayed in the film, on the basis of sex. Finally, here's the quote of the day, from Edmund Spencer, who died on this day in 1599. So much more profitable and gracious is doctrine by example than by rule.